Well, praise the Lord. Happy Valentine's Day. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's unusual to think about Valentine's Day being on Sunday. You know, you always think about Valentine's Day being some other day of the week when uh, uh, you are spending time with your Valentine or the one that you love. But as I begin to think about the service tonight, and by the way, before I get started, I want to say thank you to Pastor Davis for letting us come to be with you. Pastor Jeff and Pastor Donna, I think I saw who over here with a grandchild a while ago. There's no, that, no greater thing this side of heaven than being with your grandchildren. But uh, you, you have a wonderful pastor and his wife. Don't you love them? They're just, they're just, they're just faithful. They love the Lord. They've been um, faithful to the ministry here over the years and done a, done a great, wonderful job and have been, been good friends of ours. And uh, I, I remember those times and Remember when you started here and you just kept on going, just kept on going, and look what God has done, you know, for your church. It's just good to see. Good to see a lot of folks. I start calling names. I'll be here all night because I see a bunch of you folks that I know and have pastored for a few years. You know, it's been almost 15 years since as you pastor, Brother Jones. It's been, been 15 years since I was here. Uh, I see... Well, here I'm going to go. I'm going to see you guys. Hard to believe, isn't it? Uh, but, but you haven't changed a bit. Now, I've changed a little. My hair color has changed. When I was here before, my hair color was 106A. <laughs> so I could go back to that color pretty quick. Uh, but because I, I started turning gray when I graduated from high school. And the time I got out of college, I was, I was pretty much gray. And when the Church of God asked me to be a state youth director, I said, I can't be a state youth director and be gray-headed. So I started 106A. So I was 106A for many, many, many years. <laughs> and then got to a point to where that was, that was just a waste of time. You know what I mean? Can I get an amen from anybody? You know, that was a waste of time. So, so it, it's, it's good to be with you. I don't, uh, I don't feel any older than I, than I was in years gone by until I look in the mirror or I bend over or I stand up, or I lay down, or I walk, or I drive a car. Well, about everything I do tells me I'm not the same age that I was. But uh, it sure is good to be with you. I feel a, I feel a great spirit here tonight. And uh, thank you, Pastor, for leading us in that prayer and leading us into the, to the presence of the Lord. But as I was, uh, uh, didn't know I was going to be able to come to Florida this year because of all of this stuff going on until uh, a few weeks ago, and so, I don't know, six weeks ago, five or six weeks ago, I sent the pastor a, a text and a couple other ministers that I know, and, and quickly the dates begin to, to get filled. And I, uh, Brother Davis asked me to be here tonight, and I said, well, that's Valentine's night. You think if I was going to be out with her Valentine? And uh, he said, we'll have church with who's there. And I think that's a wonderful statement. And you're here, and uh, I'm here, and God's here. What better thing could we do to be in God's presence? But as I knew it was going to be Valentine's Day, and I, I, I felt impressed to deal with something that, that ties into that theme of it being Valentine's Day. And as I've studied and restudied and re-read and rethought about, about the message tonight, I, I was just thinking just, just this afternoon as I was uh, relaxing and thinking about the service. You know, Valentine's Day is a special day for, for couples, for people that, that are in love, people that think they're in love, people that want to be in love, all those kind of things. 
And, and you spend those times, and, and it's on that day that, that, that you spend that time with, if you can, and it's possible, with the one that, that, that you love. You go out to have a nice meal together, or have a nice meal at home, or you, you, you spend some personal time together, and you look each other in the eye, and you sort of try to remember what's brought you to where you are, and, 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 and do things that, you know, maybe give a card to each other and write little special notes that only you guys know what those notes are, you know, and you spend those time together. But I was thinking this afternoon, you know, there has to be a love relationship with our Heavenly Father as well. It's different than, than that kind of earthly love or carnal love that we, we, we share even in a spiritual way, but with our companions. But there must be times that we draw away and just tell the Lord that we love Him. Just, just, just remind Him and remind ourselves that we love Him. And I, and I hope you've done that already in this service and maybe already today, but it would certainly be good to do that again and just tell the Lord how much you love Him. And I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands. I don't want, I'm not doing a testimony service, but when was the last time that you just drew away from all the things around you and just like you would on Valentine's Day with, with one person, spend that concentrated time? Have you spent that concentrated time to tell God how much you love Him and to tell Him that He is supreme in your life? If you haven't, I hope that before we leave tonight, you will do that in some form or the other. Get your Bibles and open them to the book of 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And um, I appreciate this media team. Your musicians do a great job. You, you guys, if I lived here, I think I'd just join this church. I expect at least one or two amens on that, you know. Um, can, can we do a, a, a state membership? Like this would be the church I'd be a member of in Florida. And, I, and that'd work, wouldn't it? I mean, hey, it, why not? But you have, you have a great church and a great leadership and a great work. But I want you to put up the, the title. Yeah, there you go. Now, I, I told the pastor in the office when we were, we were sharing before I came out, I said, now, when I share my title, it, it's, it's going to seem a little risque. Have you ever heard, I hate to even say this word, Tina Turner sing this song? Don't, don't go there in your carnal world. But Tina Turner sang this song, What's Love Got to Do With It? And um, it was a, a comeback song for her. I'll get back, I'll get back to this more uh, at the end of the message. And I, I I really, after, after giving it the title and working with the message, I said, maybe I've messed up because it certainly doesn't sound like a churchy thing to say or a scriptural thing to say. But I think when I get through at the end, it'll, it'll come back. But I, I probably should have given it the name and I was thinking, love is all you need. And I said, no, a Beatles song dating back in the 60s in the hippie generation, maybe even worse than Tina Turner. So I said, I'll just leave it like it is and try to explain it away toward the end of the message. And that's, that's what I'm going to do. But I think you will see what I'm trying to say 
with this from a spiritual perspective about what's love got to do with it in our relationship to God the Father. Because it's all about love in our relationship to Him and His relationship to us. In the text in John chapter, John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, and, and it's going to be a, a, a lengthy text. I think I've got the words of those. Yeah, there we go. Follow with me. Uh, it, it's going to be a little lengthy, lengthy reading, but I just feel like we need to read this on Valentine's Day. And it's good to have my Valentine with me tonight. You know, she always dresses these occasions. Got up this morning, I said, Hunt, I'm, I am really a, a, amazed. You don't have anything red today. And because she, she, Christmas, she's red, and you know all that. But 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 she's got a beautiful, blood flowing heart, <laughs> and it's good to have her tonight. Verse seven of First John chapter four. Be, be, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifest toward us that, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also, also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. But this we know, that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Holy Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us, God is love, and he who abides or dwells and loves abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected am among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, Father, help me tonight to, to share this little thought that you dropped in my spirit for this service tonight. I believe that you gave it to me for this service. And I pray that you would touch my mind with freshness and with, with feeling and thought and my spirit, with direction, unction, to be, to be in, in tune with what you wish to do with your people tonight. But God, may something be said through me from you that will touch the heart of your people tonight and make them realize how important and how strong your love is toward us and how strong our love should be towards you. Have your way in that that you do and accomplish in every heart, every life, We'll give you thanks. We'll give you praise. For we ask it in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Uh, it sounds so crazy and so stupid, but I just got to do what I feel like the Lord wants me to do. Would you just bow your heads? I know we prayed. and Would you just sing this little song with me? 
I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. One more time now. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. And I lift my voice to worship you, O oh, my soul. Rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. That's one of my favorite love songs to the Lord. Now back when uh, Cher and I were dating years ago, I'd go over to visit with her and, and, and I can play the guitar a little. Well, I used to play until I, I still got one. I play the guitar a little and we'd go over and we'd go out on her front porch and I'd take my guitar, amen, hon, didn't I? And I would just make songs up. Just, just hit a few chords, hit G and C and D and A, and with those chords you can do about, you guys that play know you can do about anything if you just hit a few right chords and just sing it, you know. And I, I'd just look in her eyes and I would sing songs to her and I would, I, I would do it because I loved her and I liked her and I wanted her to be my wife. It must have worked. But, but I, 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 would, I would play the guitar and sing. I, I don't play my guitar much anymore, but I love to sing love songs to the Lord as well. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't sing to share a love song to Sharon in front of her mom and dad. I didn't sing a love song to her in front of her, her, even her, her close relatives. It was a private time between me and her. And, and, and she has said a few times since then, I wish you'd do that again. But I about cut my finger off building a church, so I can't hardly play that guitar anymore. But... I do the same thing when I'm singing love songs to the Lord. I, I, I don't flaunt it. I enjoy singing in church, and I enjoy singing with a group. And by the way, uh, praise team, when you need a fill-in, you need to ask your pastor. I sit there and was trying to sing, and man, that guy can sing. I mean, he, 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 he can sing on your praise team for you. But, but I, I, I try to sing to the Lord when I'm by myself, when, when, when I'm on my tractor. Yeah, I love driving a tractor. Or, or when I'm in my car and I'm by myself and I'm going down the road and, you know, I may be at a stop sign and most of the time I, I, I love singing that song. And I may be just singing, I love you, Lord, holding on the stirring wheel, thinking about him. 
and people beside me look at me like, what's that crazy idiot doing, you know? I mean, he's, 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 he lost his mind. But every once in a while, we need to get into a, to a place and a position and a frame of mind and a place that we're not doing it for someone's benefit other than the benefit of giving praise and honor and glory unto the one who loved us enough that he sent his only son to be the perpetuation for our sins as we read tonight. We need to show him and tell him that we love him. Now, I, I do believe we're living in a, in a generation where love has been simplified so much in the church that many churches are saying, if you just love everybody, everything is going to be all right. If you just, you just show love, it's going to all work out. I believe we should love. And in fact, I think about five times in that text I read, it said you to love one another. And we are to love each other. But friend, there's a deeper understanding and a deeper application of divine principles and divine spirit than just talking about love and putting love up as an acrostic across the wall or, or, or just singing about it from a stage. We must ha let people get in their heart and spirits the realization that God loved me enough that he saved me from a life of sin and I love him enough that I give my life for him and all that I am and all that I have. Love must be deep in our spirit and our life and not just something that comes from our tongue. That'd be a good place for an amen right there because that, that, that's scripture, isn't it? Now, love is all through the Bible. We have the format. If you read the Word of God, love is mentioned almost 500 times. And maybe if you dig into it from the original text, there's more than 500 times in Scripture that love is mentioned. Love and God are mentioned in the same accompanying verses in 32 books of the Bible, almost half. Love and Jesus or Christ are mentioned about the same in, in, in accompanying verses in 20 books of the New Testament, over half. And love is, is given to us in Scripture, so we must learn how to apply it to our lives in a spiritual way. Well, what is love? Well, if you go to different definitions, you go to Webster, he'll tell you that love is a powerful attraction between two people. I guess that's a pretty good definition. But on my, my phone, I've got this, this dictionary. It's an app, app phone by, by Farlex. I don't know. It's a dictionary. And I looked up love on that, and it had that definition that Webster has and a couple more. But then as the third one, it gave this one. It said, love is a feeling of devotion or adoration toward God. Or a feeling of kindness or concern by God toward humans, toward man. And, and I, I was... I was ecstatic to see that in the definition in, a, in this modern day that it talked about defining love as God's love for man and man's love for God. But friend, you'll never really understand the depth of love until you understand God's divine love toward us. And we can never really grasp the love for each other until we grasp the love that we should have toward God. Love is a deep thing in our spirit and in our lives. If you believe it, say amen. amen. A little 13-year-old boy was talking to a friend about some girl problems he was having at school. And he said to his friend, he said, I've, I've, I've walked her to school four times. I've carried her books twice. I've even bought her three sodas. Do you think I ought to kiss her now? And his friend said, no, you've done enough for her already. <laughs> Thinking about love. 
I read another story, and this is a true story. This little, little boy, his name was Bobby. And uh, mom had fixed dinner, and mom fixed green peas. And Bobby hated green peas. And mom and dad said, you know, before you can play with your toys, before you can, you can, you can you know, play with your video games, you've got, to, you've got to eat your dinner before you, or either you've got to go to your room. Well, Bobby ate everything but the green peas, and he just couldn't do it. So Bobby runs upstairs to his room, and it's up there for quite a while, and finally Dad said, Mom, you, you, you better go check on Bobby. So she goes up into the, into the room, and Bobby is, is, is sitting, sitting on his bed, looking in the mirror, with tears running down his face, and singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And when mom came and said, Mom, I didn't think you loved me, but I knew Jesus loved me. <laughs> Just because it's trying to make him eat green peas. I remember the first time I ate them. I thought they were pretty bad too, but I like them now. Uh, but, but the reality is we should realize and have deep enough love for God to realize when everything else fails, when everything else turns against us, when everybody else who says they're a friend turn into a foe, when everybody else promises you something and they let you down. When everything else seems to turn bottom side up and there seems to be no way out that you can look in the mirror and sing, for Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And let me just affirm to you that no matter what your situation may be, I can tell you, I can affirm to you, I can assure you I promise you that Jesus loves you Amen. in every situation of your life. Amen. I'm almost tempted to sing it together. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. It would be appropriate because I know he loves you. Now, I don't know who, who it might be for tonight, but somebody may here feel like, well, it's Valentine's Day and nobody has shown me any love. Nobody has called me. You know, my, my kids haven't called me or someone, some, you know, my husband forgot to get me a card or whatever. I don't know what the situation, but I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. Amen. And he cares about you right where you are with whatever the situation is in your life. He loves you tonight. Turn to your friend and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Now, we, we know that in a lot of ways. But let me, let me give you three quick points, and then I'll give you about a five-point closing. <laughs> First of all, I want to tell you, God has demonstrated his love toward us. You can talk about love. You can say, I love somebody. You can tell somebody a thousand times you love them. But if you don't, if you don't demonstrate that love, it don't mean much. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. That's true. But God has, has shown his love to us. And ask us to love him through his word, but he's demonstrated his love to us. John 4 and 9 says, In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only, his only begotten Son to the world, that we might live through him. In this, the love of God is manifested. Let's say it together, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What's that based on? It's based upon God's love. God has demonstrated his love toward us. Now let me tell you, to give up your only child because of love is a deeper understanding of love than any of us here would ever have. 
I believe that. Many of you, everybody here who's lost a child for, for various reasons. But I, did, I, but I guarantee you, there's no one, none of us here gave a child up simply because we love somebody else as much as we love that child. We, we would hold on to that child. But God loved us enough that he gave his only begotten son. Gave his son for us. Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. For us. Do, you get, do you get what he said? It says he loved us when we didn't love him. Yes. He loved us when we were outcast and we were in sin. When we demonstrated, when we demonstrated that we had no love for him, he still said, I love you. Amen. That's powerful. Yes. God loved us. He demonstrated that love to us even while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. God has demonstrated his love for every one of us. If you don't love him like you should tonight, it's not God's fault. God loves you. Can you say amen? Number two, nothing can separate us from God's love. Life is filled with hurt and broken relationships and broken promises and broken whatever. People will tell you that they love you and then they'll hurt you and they'll turn their back up on you and, and, and you'll find out things about them that they were talking about love but didn't love you. But nothing can separate us from the love of God. Romans 8, 38 and 39, you could probably almost quote this one. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yeah. Nothing, absolutely nothing. What's nothing? Zero. Nada, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He loves us just like we are. And he loves us in, in our situation to bring change in our life. Not to love us that we'll keep doing what we're doing, but he'll love us to bring us into relationship with him, that we'll follow him and follow his word. He loves us regardless. Oh, hallelujah. And some of you need a little bit more than the rest of you. I needed more than many. I was born in the church. I didn't know anything but church. I mean, I, and all of my time being at home with my mom and dad, I can count on one hand the number of services we missed counting Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and revival night, and conference night, and almost all the weddings and the funerals and everything else took place at church. My mom and dad believed in going to church. And it wasn't an option. It wasn't an option. I don't ever, 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 ever remember my mom and dad in a discussion saying, are we going to church tomorrow? I, 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 I can't fathom that. And my kids never heard that either. And, and the same thing, I, you know, I passed that on and, I, you know, I'm probably preaching the choir tonight. You're here on Sunday night, so you have that same feeling. You know, because I, I want to be in, in, in the presence of the Lord. And I, and I believe that being with Him and, and being in His presence demonstrates the, our love to Him. But nothing can separate us from God's love. 
Nothing can take us away from being in His presence and His power because He loves us that much. Number three, God takes care of those who love Him. How many of you love the Lord tonight? Hold, hold your hand up a minute. You love the Lord tonight. Now, do you see somebody with a hand raised, tell them, He's going to take care of you. Just tell them, He's going to take care of you. He's, he's gonna, if you love Him, He's going to take care of you. you, you, you you're going to be okay because, because if you love Him, you, you're okay. If you love the Lord, if you really love Him, you're going to be all right. I promise you. You're going to be fine. I can't promise you it's going to be a bed of roses, but I can promise you it's going to be all right. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 tells us, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things that the Lord has prepared for them who what? Love. Who love him. Yes. Who love him. How much do you love the Lord? How much do you love him truly in your heart tonight? Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, and you shall love the Lord with all your heart. How much? How, how much? But, but, I, but I love her. Mm -hmm. that preacher, come on, straighten me out now. This, this, this is talking about a spiritual connection in a spiritual way to say that God is number one in our life. I love him with all of my being, all of my heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Now, friends, that's pretty heavy stuff. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength, giving him everything that you are. And I, and I believe, I, b I believe that we're in a crisis in our understanding about what love is. I believe we're in a crisis of, of understanding love in our society and in the church. I believe we have somehow been taught to love for convenience. To love and show our love because someone has shown love to us. You buy a Christmas gift because, did they buy us one last year? Are, are you with me? Uh, what, what, really, what did they give us last year? Was it a $10 gift or was it a $50 gift? Uh, and and we, we seem to base our response to each other based upon their response to us. Are, are you with me? And, and, and that, that happens in, in this, this, this carnal setting. Our, our society, you, you prayed about it, brother, to one descent. I mean, in our society, our society is, I hate to say it, but seeming to become an unravel to a degree because 
It's all about what I can do for myself and what others are doing for me, then I'll help those who help me, but don't you ask me to do anything for you if you haven't done anything for me. Am, am, I, am I telling truth? Yeah. And, I, and I think that's why we're finding ourselves in, 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 a, in, a, in a turmoil in, in our, our life and in the church world and in the spiritual world. I, I believe it's difficult. The Bible says if, if you're a liar, you're not going to heaven. It says if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. Yeah. For those, and he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him that he who loves God must love his brother also. You can't, you can't say I love God if we can't love each other. Now, again, I think we've carried that to, the, to, to a wrong kind of understanding. But when you love someone, you, you care, from this perspective, you care about their soul. You care about their relationship to Christ, their relationship to God. And you love them enough as Christ loved us that he laid down his life for us. You love them enough, you do whatever it takes to make sure, even though they don't love you. That's a heavy one. Even though they may not show their love to you, but you try to somehow show the love of God to bring them into a relationship with God. That's what this is all about. Helping people to find a relationship with God. The Bible gives us many scriptures about loving each other. Matthew 5, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. That's hard. Someone's mean to me. My gut feeling is at least avoid them. Hello? I mean, that's natural. But in the natural, I love her. But in the spiritual, all my heart belongs to the Lord. John 13. By this shall they all know that you are my disciples. You have love one for the other. John 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Powerful. Romans 13, owe no one anything except to love one another. 1 Corinthians 13, love suffers long in his kind. Verse 8, love never fails. Hebrews, let brotherly love continue. 1 Peter, and above all things, how fervent love one for the other, for love will cover a multitude of sins. 1 John 3, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. 1 John 4, beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. That was part of the text. We need to understand that, that when we have the depth of God's love in our heart, then that love extends out to those around us to bring them into not a relationship with us, particularly, but into a relationship with God that will take care of all of those things that can separate us in the love we have for each other. Did I lose you somewhere along the way? I, I, I think I lost myself. But, but I think you know what I'm saying. And I think somewhere along the way, the church has lost that. You get the book of Revelation, and I'm not going to preach that message, but you get to the church there at Sardis, and it said, you've lost your first love. And you study that, what they had lost was the care of loving and reaching that community 
to bring them to the knowledge of Christ, they'd begun to judge them. They'd begun to use law. They'd begun to use judgment upon them rather than using love to reach them for Christ. And because they lost that love, God said, if you don't go back and, and go back to your first love, I'm going to take my spirit away from you. And I think we're seeing a lot of churches dying today because we become inward and we've come to the point that if you don't show your love to us, how can we show our love to you when we would, should realize that as believers in Christ, God died for us, Christ died for us when we were yet sinners and did not love him, he still loved us. And when we see someone that needs to know Christ, we should reach out just like God reached to us and let them know the love of God loves them no matter what they're going through. There's a power and a strength that comes from God that will bring a change in their life and draw them unto him. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. God's love is a deep, powerful thing. The world doesn't understand when we talk about being born again, regeneration, new creature in Christ. You know, I, I, I see a lot of... Uh, signs on churches, and I did not read yours. I don't know what it says. hope I'm not meddling some of you. I don't think so. I know you. But, but I, I see signs, you know, turn or burn. <laughs> Boy, that's a good way to reach somebody for the Lord. You know, get right, we're going to fry you. That's, that's a way to do it. Drive them into it. And, and th those kind of expressions, even even until you teach someone and they're babes in Christ, until you teach someone about, about the transformation that the love of God takes, until, you let, until they can see what ha what's happened in you and hear your testimony, or I once was lost, but now I'm found. And when they begin to hear the stories of the transformation of the road I was on until God blessed me and changed me and forgave me, and now I'm a new creature in Christ, they'll understand new creature then, but until you... If you just tell them, oh, you need to be a new creature. You need, you need to be redeemed. You need to be, you need to be saved. They don't understand that, but they do understand love. They don't understand the bride of Christ. They don't understand the rapture of the church or the great white throne judgment. That just scares the fire out of them. They don't understand walls of jasper and streets of gold. It sounds good, but they don't really understand it. They don't understand eternity with God, but they understand when you put your arm around them and say, brother or sister, I love you, and I know God loves you, and I, I want to help you in your situation of life. I want to help you in what you're going through. I want to help you in what you're facing, and I want to point you in a direction. I, I may not can fix your problem, but I can show you someone who can. I can't answer the problems of your life, but I know someone that can make a difference in your life. I, I can't fix what you're going through, but I know someone who can fix it because he fixed my life and believe that the love of God that passes all understanding shall change our hearts and our minds because God loves us when we don't love him. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. What's love got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. Now, I gave you that title and haven't mentioned it again until now. But, but I, I want to I bring this, this plane in for a landing in the next few minutes. But in this song, I told you before, and, and, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but you can sort of tell by someone's life, you know, e evil things in the life of Tina Turner started in the church, as a lot of these singers has, but I don't, think, I don't know that she wound up in the church. But, but 
Tina Turner in this song that, that she did not want to record. If you study it, look it up on the internet, you'll, you'll find, just, just type in behind the lyrics of, 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 of this song, What's Love Got to Do With It? And it'll tell you. She didn't want to record it, but she was, she, she had, had not had a hit in a long time and nobody knew of her at this point. And her manager, who was from Australia, found this song and said, you need to sing this song. And she said, I don't want to sing it because it's not a love song. It's really an anti-love song. The words of the, of the, of the lyrics, and I, I don't want to, want to read them. I could. They're not, they're not lewd or anything, but it's not important. But, 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 but the, the story of this song is a woman who enjoy, enjoys the carnal encounters of her lover, but feels no emotional attachment. She wants him to know that there's nothing more to it. As for her, it's just purely physical. Their relationship has nothing to do with love, which she dismisses as a sweet, old-fashioned notion. Now, what does that have to do with what I've been trying to share for the past 20 minutes? It has to do with what I'm, I, I want to bury in your hearts. Because I'm afraid that's where this same position is where many have become spiritually. Many have gotten to the place. They know what love is. That's why Tina didn't want to sing this song. Because it was not a love song. It was an anti-love song. But there are many within the church. There are many within Christendom who know what love is. They know what the love of God is. They, they can quote, as we did a while ago, John 3, 16, forward and backwards and write it out. And no, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. You, you know, that we know that. And we know what love is. But knowing what love is and living a life with that expression of love is two separate things. And many are like Tina Turner's song, What's Love Got to Do With It? They want the relationship. They want their bills paid. Is this on? Do I need to turn up a little bit? I don't hear a single amen, but I know I'm preaching truth. <laughs> they want their bills paid. They, they, they want to make sure when they get sick, they get well. Turned up just a little bit. I, I'm sure somebody's heard me. They, they want to know that all their kids are well and everything is going good in their life. That's a good place for an amen right there. Amen. That they want to know that everything is fine and that, that, and that even God's in control. But they want it on their terms. They, they, want it, they want it to fit their schedule. That they want it to be a great physical thing without any real commitment from their part. They want all the rewards, they want all the benefits of the things of God without having to make the sacrifice of having their love go back to Him as strongly as His love comes back comes to us. 
But God loved us when we were yet sinners, when we were away from him, and he loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us when we had, had no, there was no reason for him to love us. Some of us were on paths that, that if it hadn't have been for the love of God, no telling where we'd be tonight. Anybody here like that? We don't know where we'd have been, but the love of God pulled us into a, to a relationship with him and a, a situation of life, and we go on. But see, that, that's great on our side, but here's what God wants. God wants us to love him when things are going bad. Amen. God wants us to love him when our children are running away from the Lord. God wants us to love him when the checkbook is empty. God wants us to love him when we do get a bad report from the doctor that shakes his head and says, I don't know what's going to happen. God wants us to love him regardless and love him just like he loves us and love him because he is our redeemer. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is with us and this whole life is just temporary and we shall one day be married to him around the throne of God and be in his presence. We should love him with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our mind and with all of our strength and everything within us to say God we love you and not just say it but show it in our life Amen. oh hallelujah what's love got to do with it it's got everything to do with it if we live by the direction of this song and it's a one sided it's just an emotional experience and church becomes just an emotional experience in our relation. You've said that in your prayer too, Pastor. If it becomes just something of emotion, when the emotion is gone, it's gone. But when you have love, I tell you, we've been married, we'll be 50 years in just a few months or a year or so, about a year and a half or two years. She's got it down today. Women are better with that stuff. Them, but it sure don't seem like it. That's why I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I can promise you that you won't believe this. I can promise you the 50 years I've known her, all 50 years have not been perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to burst your bubble. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But I still love her. And you know how much I love her? More than I did then because I've learned more about her and I've learned you know how to love her in a relationship way and it's got stronger friend let me tell you you can say you love God but if it's a one-sided affair and there's not a growing relationship and you haven't stayed with him through the thick and through the thin and through the good times and through the bad and through the, the months or, or whatever when you didn't feel his presence and then the times when you did feel his presence and when things were going great and when things were going, if you didn't love him through all of that, you don't love him. What's love got to do with it? Absolutely nothing. But when God loves you, and we know he does, and you love him, 
There is a relationship that knows. That's why in the text, the last verse where it talked about judgment, I said, you really going to understand love when you come to judgment. Because when, you, when that love is real, when you stand before God in judgment, you won't stand there in fear. You'll stand there and say, oh, I love him. And he loves me. And he knows I love him. He knows I would do anything for him. He knows I've given my all for him. He knows I love him with my mind, my heart, my soul, and my body. He knows I'll give everything. I'm not worried about judgment. I know it's going to be okay because he loves me and I love him. Amen. Oh, I didn't mean to get so loud. I meant to be a little quieter tonight. I'm sorry. But friend, that's what it's all about. When you come to that point of position to know that you love him like he loves you, it's going to be okay. Amen. Everything's going to be fine. You know, doctors have an instrument called a thermometer. They can check your temperature. They got a thing to hang around their neck called a stethoscope. They can check see how much your heart's beating. They got a thing they put around your arm and measure what your blood pressure is. I wish to the good Lord, Pastor, we had some kind of something we could line people up and check their love of the Lord with it wrapped around their neck, turn them upside down. I wouldn't care what it done, as long as it worked. But it doesn't work that way. But as a pastor for, and minister for going on 50 years, I can tell when someone loves God or not. I don't need an instrument. I can just watch them. I can just watch them in their, their dedication and their, their prayer life. Dedication to church is that, that vehicle that ties us in with God. So it, it's tied in with dedication to the church, but the church is that vehicle that's based upon the love. And when someone has the love of God in their life, you can watch them. Amen. We have a, a distant family member, my wife's family. You might have heard of them here in Florida. I don't know the... They were called the Roy Knight Singers, a phenomenal group. Sandy Knight has written 40 or 50 more songs that's been number one on the Southern Gospel charts. If, if I would name some of them, you would know. That's my cousin, my marriage to the one I love. <laughs> a, few, a, few, a few months ago, about, I don't know, back in December, I guess it was, Roy the husband passed away. It was a sad thing. And, and Roy and Sandy, I don't know Roy without Sandy, and Sandy without Roy, you know how that is. But, Sandy, but Roy passed away. And, and the, the very day, Sandy began posting on her Facebook account about how much she loved the Lord. She loved her husband, but the love of God was stronger. And she's been dealing with that because they, they were very close as couples should be. I'd do the same thing if something happened to you, darling, and I hope you'd do the same thing for me. Yeah. But last Wednesday, and I, and I hope this is in, in, in line to tell, and I, I think it is, but, la, they, but Roy and Sandy had two girls. 
two beautiful girls. And the youngest one, the youngest daughter, and her mom went on a trip to Gatlingburg a couple of, just a week before last because mom has lost dad. They spent time together. They came home on Friday or Saturday. But on Wednesday, Jenna, beautiful Jenna, if you saw her picture, you'd, she's just a beautiful young lady. She took her own life. And, and the school teacher, she was, a, she was a, like an administrator in the school systems, and, and her and her husband, her husband had a great job, and I mean, it just, you'd think that everything was on top of the world. Now here's Sandy, who's written these hundreds of songs that all of them have made it to the charts, but maybe even thousands. The next day or so, she posts on Facebook, I don't understand, but I still love God Amen. and know God's in control. Now, that's heavy stuff, but it tells me that the right relationship was there. The understanding of the love of God was, I hate to say it, but was greater. Are you with me? That's the kind of things that tell me when someone loves God. They can say it, they can write it, they can sing it, they can shout about it, but when trouble comes, and when the tough times come, when even in the good times come, sometime in the good times people go astray because the blessings of God, they take the blessings of God that God has given them and flaunt it in the world in some fashion. So it can be on both ends of that spectrum. But when a person proves they love God through thick and through thin, that demonstrates the real love of God in their life. So what's love got to do with it? It better have everything to do with it. If it follows the lyrics of this old song, it's a one-sided affair. And God, God's favor, cannot be in it. But when you love Him from the bottom of your heart, love never fails. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear, let it be a sweet, sweet sound. Amen.